on this episode of Money with Friends, mortgage applications for suburban homes are surging as buyers try to escape the coronavirus pandemic. We'll talk about it with guest co-host, author Cameron Huddleston. It is Tuesday, August 4th. This is Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And I'm Cameron Huddleston. I'm a personal finance journalist and author of Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk. I'm coming to you from my home in Kentucky. That book is so relevant these days. We're going to talk about that later, but this is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk author Cameron Huddleston. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And big thanks to NordPass for sponsoring this episode of Money with Friends. Let the NordPass password manager remember all your computer logins, autofill online forms, and generate strong passwords stress-free. Get 50 percent off NordPass at nordpass.com forward slash MWF or use the code MWF. That stands for money with friends, not money, not Monday with Friday, not Monday, Wednesday, Friday, money with friends. It's only about $250 a month. Plus you get an additional month for free. Use the code MWF or go to nordpass.com forward slash MWF. And later in the show, I may confess a little bit as to why these services are so important. Yes, I was hacked. Okay. Cameron, Welcome back. This is your fifth, fifth episode of Money with Friends. Yeah, I guess so. For a second, I was like, wait, Bobby, you can't count. This is my third, but I forget every time we record two. So yes, yes. you're correct. Fifth one. Yes, you're a brave soul coming into this because we have a lot of, we've had lots of technical challenges. Um, what, have been, what have you been up to? Speaking of challenges, coronavirus, um, you've got your kids, you've got your mom, lots of stuff going on there. And of course, your book, Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, which is really relevant these days. A lot of parents, um, you know, it's important to be in touch with them and know what's going on with them medically and financially. 100% couldn't agree more. And that's why I wrote the book to help people have these conversations because they're so important. I tell you, Bobby, I have been juggling trying to work and continue to promote my book and be a mom to my three kids. And now we've been forced to make that decision. Do the kids go back to school or mm -hmm. do they do the virtual academy? We chose virtual. It was a really tough decision. That's interesting. And you had the choice and you're in, by the way, and you're in a rural area. So in theory, not as affected in theory, although there's a lot of news now that rural, rural areas maybe are not as safe as people had thought. So I am in actually it's, I wouldn't call it 100% rural. It is kind of suburban verging on rural. We, I am in the third largest city in Kentucky. Actually our coronavirus cases here are the second highest in the oh, no. state. Yeah. So they, you know, the, the biggest, it's not so much just worrying about my kids catching it, but knowing that there could be disruptions throughout the year, school could shut down again, or even just class by class, they'll have to go into quarantine. So I figured the virtual academy would just be a more consistent option and it's going to keep them safer because they're going to be less exposed to other kids or teachers with potentially the virus. And safety is a top concern for a lot of people that are considering whether they want to stay put where they are. I am in New York City, and it's definitely a conversation that we're having. And we have not moved yet. 
Um, I don't think we are imminently moving, but it's certainly something we're talking about. Let's see uh, which one of our friends is going to bring us into the headline. This is John. This is David of the Queer Money Podcast. Just like hanging out and chatting about news, that's why we tune into Money with Friends. All right, Cameron, you go ahead and start reading. This one came, you picked this one. It came from MarketWatch. It did. This is from MarketWatch. Mortgage applications for suburban homes are surging as buyers try to escape the coronavirus pandemic. This is by Sanjeev Das. The spreading coronavirus pandemic is having a considerable impact on the U.S. housing market by shaping consumer sentiment and behavior. The public health crisis has made many consumers reassess their priorities regarding what they're looking for when buying a home. Home buyers increasingly are looking to less densely populated areas like the suburbs. According to loan consultants at Caliber Home Loans, the mortgage lending firm that I, Sanjeev Das, the author, lead. Here are three reasons why. Number one, health concerns. Home buyers are asking whether their communities have access to testing sites, hospitals, grocery stores, and other amenities that make life easier. Urban areas such as New York City have a high density of people, which can result in a contagious disease spreading quickly, as happened this past spring. Indeed, there was an exodus of those living in New York to New Jersey and Connecticut, according to moving services. There are 11 counties around New York City and a few around Baltimore that are the most at-risk housing markets in which home values may decline materially over the coming months. In May, there was a 13% increase in the number of searches for homes in suburban zip codes, and this trend is continuing. Our firm is processing thousands of applications from potential home buyers who want to move to the suburbs. In the Chicago and Washington, D.C. metro areas, for example, suburban or rural mortgage applications are up 40% versus pre-pandemic averages. We're also seeing a flight to suburbs in the metro areas of Houston, Los Angeles, and Denver, among other places. Yeah, and by the way, just to just to do a little, I want to share something personally here. My family had a house in a rural area. It was a lake house that was on sale for a year and a half, and there was not a lot of activity. And recently, it sold in a very short period of time to someone who wanted to be in a more rural area, and they um, made a very good offer. And it was lickety split done. And so that is a personal example of how these, these properties that maybe people um, would not necessarily have bought um, before the pandemic suddenly become very attractive because people want to get out of urban areas or areas. In this case, the person was from Florida and that has had a large rise of cases and the county that this house was in has not. And also it's, you know, it's a house with a lawn and it's, it's not near anything in the same way that an urban setting or some states with high cases are. So that's an early, that's an example. We also have, um, we'll go back to the article in a minute. We have in our audience, a few comments. We have, for example, Annette, do you want to read that? So Annette says, I just bought a house in a small town, but open to leaving the country if numbers keep going up through fall and winter. Okay. Oh, good. So you are seeing them now. Okay, good. As I mentioned seeing, earlier, we're on a new platform. I'm seeing, I'm seeing it because you're posting it. That's what I can see. Okay, great. And then we do have another comment from um, Adrian. Okay. So Adrian says a place I interviewed at had someone who was actually leaving her flexible job to homeschool and help virtual learning for, 
And that's all I can see of that comment. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing. (laughs) I see. I see. Okay. Okay. So, um, for two kids, I know a few friends who are homeschooling their kids for the coming year. So that actually goes to our next point, which is number two, working from home. Millions of Americans are now working from home, interacting with clients and colleagues online. Commercial leasing activity dropped more than 20% in the first quarter of 2020. Our homes have become our offices, and this may be a lasting trend, even when the world finally returns to some normalcy. After all, those who work from home were 30 13% 13% more efficient than that goes against the old stereotype, by the way, than their counterparts who didn't. According to a 2014 study, people may save between $2,000 and $6,500 by not spending on daycare, clothes, gasoline, and parking. Workers may even be happier working at home, a recent survey said. According to home, accordingly, home buyers are realizing that the place they live should be optimized for remote learning. I'm sorry, for remote working. A recent survey of real estate agents revealed the most sought after home upgrade was having a functioning home office even more so than a big outdoor space. And that goes to the fact that they may be wanting to coordinate school with their children. And the third reason is borrowers can acquire more square footage, have a yard for pets and kids alike while maintaining a sense of social distancing for health reasons as well. And so one noted venture capitalist ends ends the story by saying, sell city by country. Now you're, I, so I know it. you don't, I love you don't, it. You don't <laughs> consider yourself rural. I consider you rural, suburban to rural, fine. But like, <laughs> I really feel that there's been this sort of cultural shift and change in values. And it happened almost overnight in March. That's why I picked this article because I think it, we, we represent both ends of the spectrum here, Bobby. You are in New York City. I am in Kentucky and I, it'll take me 10 or 15 minutes to get into town, but I live on five acres. I have lots of space. And I will admit that I have loved that during this period of social distancing and and, and, and sheltering at home because we have a big space where we can shelter and it's nice. We don't feel too cooped up. I mean, we, we still feel cooped up, but we don't feel nearly as cooped up as maybe someone who's in a small apartment in a big city. And I know, Bobby, that we've we both have friends who live in the city who have already moved outside mm-hmm. of city limits. And so this this article really jumped out to me because I've already been living in a moral, more rural country space. You're in the city. Certainly, you know about all the benefits there. I know of all the financial benefits of living in a smaller city. You save a ton of money <laughs> and you get more for your money, really. Right. And the truth is a lot of the reasons to live in a big city, at least temporarily, aren't necessarily there because first of all, if everyone can work, work remotely, then the same jobs are available to everyone. It used to be people would, and maybe we'll come back that people would have to be in a big city to make the top, top money in many fields. And also there were a lot of cultural benefits because I could walk when my child was young to so many wonderful free things that all of the, you know, world renowned museums were within walking distance of us. We could do all the kids programs and it was really great. A lot of that stuff is not available right now because of the coronavirus. So that obviously is very frustrating. A lot of people in New York say, well, we have small apartments because the city of New York is where we live. We go out a lot. We're we're not, you know, we have little kitchens because we don't eat at home or we don't prepare as elaborate meals as we would if we were in places where they have bigger kitchens. So I was actually kind of surprised by the answer to the question we put out to our Instagram audience. And I'm going to put you on the spot, Cameron, and ask you what you thought our Instagram audience answered. So we asked our Instagram audience, which by the way is at Money Friends Pod, have you or anyone you know decided to move or buy a new home because of the coronavirus? 
What do you think? Yes or no? But do you what do you think? I think um I think the majority would say no just because moving is a really I mean it's a really big deal and because and I I don't think people would I think there's certainly a percentage of people who have moved because of it, but I don't think a majority of people have moved. So you are correct. But what I would say, so it's 74% said no, but I think considering where you live is a big decision and 26% saying yes, we have, we either know people or we've decided to move or buy a new home. I think 26%, well, not the majority. So you definitely get the thumbs up. You got it right. I think 26% is a lot. And the way that we phrased the question, we didn't get people like myself that are saying, hmm, I love my home, but hmm, it may be something to rethink because all the reasons, not all, but a lot of the reasons we lived in, we chose to live in New York City for all of its hassles are not there anymore. I never thought I could do broadcast journalism not near a major city. I thought no matter what city I was in, I'd be going into the urban area to go to the station. And for business journalism, it's generally going to be New York. It might be San Francisco, but it's going to be a big city. So now one of my clients has actually set up a home studio for me. I never thought that I could do broadcasting from home, but not only am I doing it, but you know, countless broadcasters have these home studios now. So technology has really changed the equation and has a lot of people thinking. Right. And I'm sure it has a lot of employers thinking, hey, it's worked out this long. Why not make this an option for all of our employees? And I think I think it's worth considering if you are in a big city and you now have the option to work from home, moving out to a place where perhaps the cost of living is lower and you can get more space, <laughs> you know, per per dollar, you know, for square footage. And um, I mean, I save a ton of money. By living in a smaller city, my cost of living is so much lower, the amount I pay for a house. And so I think people should consider it. We do have more responses from Instagram. Do you want to share some of them? Sure. So someone said, Vermont is rural enough that it's safe, but less safe as people move here to escape the cities, which I think is interesting because you've got people who are in those places where people are moving and they're thinking, oh my gosh, <laughs> what is happening to my little safe haven here out in the country? So we've got someone else who said, friends bought a house to move out of an apartment building where people aren't taking the virus seriously. That's frustrating. I, I know it. I know. Yeah. I have, and there's someone who says, I have friends who left NYC in March, but they've all moved back because they missed the city. Someone else said, we're trying to get away from the virus. And someone said, my parents sold the house I grew up in and used the profits to buy a much bigger brand new house, which I think is interesting because typically you hear people downsizing. I wonder how that's going to turn out. And of course, we do have someone that just sent, left a comment that says, I have nowhere else to go. And that is something that's unfortunate, you know, and that goes to the whole having the right financial situation, because if you do have um, a good financial foundation, you have a better shot. There's so many variables that go into it, but very often you are, you know, you're basically stuck in your living situation. For example, if you have a home, it happened a lot in the, when the housing bubble burst, you have a home and you might not have equity in it or enough equity to easily move if that home is now in a less desirable area and you're not going to get a buyer. So there are some people that may not be able to leave just because of their financial situation. And that goes, as I said, to the whole idea of, you know, having your finances in order so that you do have the opportunity to make those choices. But of course, um, 
not judging anybody because, you know, you can get trapped in a, in a housing situation very easily through absolutely no fault of your own. So, but it is something that I do see sometimes is the case that you want to leave, but maybe you're locked into a lease, whatever it may be. So I think as time goes by, those opportunities will open up and more people might reconsider where they are living. Um, I want to take a quick break before I go to our takeaways and talk to everybody about NordPass and the importance of passwords and having a secure a system, a system where you've got um, everything is, is uh... okay, I'm just going to say it, guys, I got hacked. I got hacked because I did not have a good password system. I basically had passwords that were all the same. And they were very obvious. If you did just the most basic research on me, you could probably figure out what my password would be. So I got hacked. So that's basically, I'm confessing. That's why NordPass is awesome. Um, I can never remember my passwords. So that's why I did what a lot of people do. And I just made the simple one. And that was obviously a very bad idea. It got into my email. I am still getting new. They subscribe me to new places all the time. So I'm constantly unsubscribing. I even had a massive charge on my visa that I did get removed, but that was really ugly. So, and I caught it because I watched my credit card. So do that also, but you can get better passwords and you can let the Nordward password manager remember those complex logins. It autofills the online forms. It generates strong passwords, things that other people are not going to be able to break into, and it is all stress-free. So it's really important that everybody get a password manager. We love NordPass here at Bunny with Friends. You can get half off if you use the code MWF. You also can go to nordpass.com forward slash MWF. And you also help to support the show. Oh, and you also will get a month free. So it's a really good deal to try out NordPass. And you also won't get the same problems that I have had with passwords. So everyone get your act together with passwords. I'm a don't be a do. Did that make sense, Cameron? I get very embarrassed because I'm supposed to be this expert and I just, I got hacked. I mean, it's just, it just stinks because I keep getting these random emails into my account and I'm blocking them and unsubscribing. It's a mess. Yeah, but it's, I think it's worth mentioning that you got hacked because it just goes to show we, none of us is perfect. We all make mistakes and just because you are super smart about money, Bobby, doesn't mean that you can't get hacked. And unfortunately, even if you have great passwords, it happens too. So the more steps you can take to be safe, the better, obviously. Very well said. All right. Time for takeaways. Go for it, Miss Cameron. Okay. So I am not surprised that the pandemic has prompted many people to consider leaving their city digs behind for more space in the suburbs. I've long been singing the praises of living in a smaller city because the cost of living is so much lower. I get more house for less than my city friends pay for much smaller spaces. I just hope the exodus from cities doesn't push home prices up too much for those of us in the suburbs. Very well said. You make such good points. I'm sitting here sort of hanging my head in shame. And by the way, some of the, the folks in our um, in our studio audience are also saying the same things. They're, they're talking about whether prices, they're having a little conversation among themselves as well. They're also talking about whether the prices in the suburban areas are going up compared to city prices. And, and, and the truth is you can be the contrarian and you could say this is a good time to buy in the city as well. So 
you got both sides of it. Um, we're kind of in the city, but anyway, so I love what you said. I think you're making great points. I'm kind of humbled by this whole thing. I find this trend fascinating and I am seeing it among my city friends, many of whom have rented homes for the year outside of New York city. And they're not sure if they're coming back. So Cameron, I am sorry to say, I do think prices for homes will go up, but that could be, unfortunately, I don't like the reason they could be kept in check. They could be kept in check by the fact that a lot of people also have economic uncertainty and a lot of people are losing their jobs and so on. So that stinks. So people might not be able to afford to move, um, which is an unfortunate thing. The key thing here, though, is technology with a capital T. People like myself live in cities because we want to eliminate things like the commute. We don't want to be driving. And a lot of industries, you really have to be in New York City. But given what's going on now, you know, I... I have a job that I never thought could be done remotely. And yet, like I said, I have this client that installed a home studio in my dining room. It's awesome. So even broadcast journalists can work from home. I think this trend is not going to stop with a pandemic because while hopefully the pandemic will end soon, technology will continue to improve. So wise words, Cameron, and thank you for choosing this story. <laughs> You know, and, and someone did ask, I saw a comment asking about why the prices were going up in rural suburban areas. I would say the housing market why, where I am is doing quite well. I do see prices continue to rise here. Sometimes, I'm, sometimes I am surprised by how much homes cost here. It makes me think, well, heck, if I sold mine, maybe I could uh, make a nice profit off of it. You could, but then where are you going? Anyway, all right, we got to wrap this up. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about coffee habits during the pandemic and how that is changing. Cameron, in the meantime, where can people be in touch with you and learn more about everything you do? So you can find more about me at CameronHuddleston.com and follow me on Instagram. It's Cameron K. Huddleston. I've been trying to up my Instagram game lately and post more often. Yeah, us too. Well, Ashley does a great job with the Money Friends Pod Instagram. So everyone, please follow us there. I'm at Bobby Rebel one I'm trying to up my Instagram too. We're going to cheer each other on, Cameron, so we can get better at Instagram. But everybody, follow us at all the places and come back tomorrow. Like I said, we're going to be back with Cameron for another episode. And we're going to be talking about coffee habits during the pandemic. So are you drinking coffee in the same way? You might be drinking more of it, but are you really purchasing it? Is the latte factor no longer a problem for people? We're going to be talking about it on the next edition of Money with Friends. In the meantime, bye everyone. This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends.
Bam, nailed it.